0: I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We are very much knee-deep in tech, and not only knee-deep in tech, but knee-deep in news. And we are just back from vacation. Yep. And one of the absolutely worst things that you can ever do when working in tech is to have a vacation. Because if you turn your back, most of Azure or Windows or whatever is going to change, which is exactly what happened. So I was actually considering not coming back at all changing my work to drive a train or anything else than
1: having to keep up with the fire hose that is tech world. I think if if you had received the question yesterday, if you would like to drive a train or work with Asher, yesterday evening, you would have chosen Asher, since it was complete stop in all traffic, north and southbound, from and to Stockholm. I know. Yeah. I was in Stockholm. You were? Yes,
0: I was. I drove there.
1: You did? Yeah, Yeah, I did. Yeah, well,
0: you don't have to be a Swedish railroad Oh uh, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, yes, I can work all over the European Union.
1: Sure. I, I, I would say that you probably would go like to go to Japan instead. Uh Japan is not the European Union, not yet. <laughs> but there not will be a spot open when Britain leaves.
0: Oh, boom! <laughs> that was. So you, you're gonna go for let's get Japan in. We're okay. If if, if, if
1: Israel can be in the Eurovision Song Contest with Australia, I think Japan can be a part of uh, the European Union. We're all for inclusion. You heard it here first. Yep, looking forward to those campaigns. (laughs) Yes,
0: definitely.
1: (laughs) So I've heard about this company called Cambridge Analytica that probably could turn the election into our favor oh you're, you're on fire man this is going
2: <laughs> off the rails so to say <laughs> very fast
0: very very quickly so off the and, rails. And, and, and
1: because of this we need to skip everything new with power bi and data platform no <laughs> well <laughs> we're we, we glad to be back
0: yes it is really bad really bad to be back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> good to be back it's been a long summer it has and it was a great uh, opportunity that we had to talk to anna chu um, about ignite and community work and so on and so forth. So, so that was that was fun, even though that technically was our vacation. But we're back, and the backlog
1: is huge. But but let's start with the segue from Anashe to ignite.
2: Let's do that. Yeah, because I actually saw something about you two, gentlemen,
1: just
0: this week. Yes, we have both been accepted to speak at ignite, yep. which is. I don't have the words in the English language to describe it. Bucket list. Yes, definitely bucket list.
2: You guys are all grown up now.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Hitting the big leagues. It is definitely the big leagues. And it feels, at least for me, kind of surreal to know that I would be taking to the stage at the largest tech conference in my tiny corner of the universe. So I'm I'm super happy. It's going to be very exciting. And again, a
1: a bit scary too and we'll of course record podcasts from Ignite as well.
0: We will indeed and all three of us are going to Ignite and all three of us are going to record stuff at Ignite and it's going to be at least one 60 minute uh, podcast episode maybe
1: we haven't really f- figured out if we have one or two. No, yet.
0: we have not. And if it is possible to do more episodes just not in the big yeah, yeah. Uh, episode in, in the big um, um, recording studios. So rest assured, there will be Knee Deep in Tech. There will be podcasting, Bonanza. And I'm pretty sure that we can take the opportunity to rope in people and uh, Absolutely. do some roaming um, interviews as well. Because yep. everybody and their cat is going to be at Ignite. So yep. we have so many opportunities to talk to amazing people. It's going to be great. Yep, looking and very cons- much forward to it. considering now. that you... So Tony, actually, were thinking about not going this year. Yeah, it seems crazy now. <laughs> it does. I'm I'm very sure, very very happy that we managed to persuade you otherwise. Yeah, it didn't really take that much. <laughs> uh, I know, but still, we did it. Yep, 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 yep. You did. It was a good thing. Absolutely. So, speaking of things that come out, I'm I'm just going to go very very quickly through a few things that happened recently with Power BI. Because just yesterday, I hosted a Power BI user group meeting in Stockholm. Yep. And it was a great meeting. We had a lot of, of new people who had never been there. Not very many people in attendance at all. But the discussions were just amazing. So many interesting people that want to contribute and want to basically get up on stage.
1: And I think that's one of the vital parts about hosting a user group or attending a user group. It really doesn't matter if you're five persons or 500. No. It's about connecting with like-minded yes, and uh, sharing what you know and learning things from others. So don't feel if you're thinking about starting a user group that you need to have a huge number of attendees.
0: No, no. And on the same same track is I might be the one responsible for the user group, but that does not mean that I will be providing all of the training or speaking or whatever. I'm there to facilitate. Yeah. My goal is kind of to make myself redundant because it's a user group. It's not an Alexander group, I think, which is a very good thing. But this means that everybody has their story. Everybody has their uh, things they're proud of, things that they've screwed up, things that they just want to talk about. So everyone can and should contribute. So I went through a few things that just came out in Power BI and one one interesting thing, and I'm very curious to hear your opinion on this, was branding. It is now possible, or very shortly will be possible, to brand the Power BI portal. Yeah. And branding, in this case, means that you can change the background image, yep. you can change the logo, and you can change the color of the top bar.
1: So from yellow to another color.
0: Another color, yes. And, and while it still says Power BI, it is still Power BI underneath. I've been told, and I've, I've heard from several customers, that this is an absolute game changer. Yeah. And this is not a technical thing at all.
1: But I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, Branding well, is essential.
2: Yeah, corporations usually very much like to do their own kind of brandings just to make it familiar for everyone.
1: Yeah. And... Um, Also, this will probably mean that you can publish data using Power BI to more external sources, since it will be with the correct branding, the correct colors, which for many organizations, like I said, are essential and something they demand for a new service.
0: Well, yeah, um, that
1: is a good point. I actually spoke with another service provider in a totally different area earlier today in regards to Customers choosing their on-premises solution over their cloud solution with the only uh, reason being branding.
0: That's an interesting one. Yeah.
1: Huh. And that's, so, that's for customer-facing um, services, really. right? Right. Yeah.
0: Which kind of segues into another thing that is not specifically... Connected to Power BI, but it is something new called the Azure Data Share. Oh, and the Azure Data Share is in preview. It is not done in any way, shape, or form. But today we are looking at uh, data as a strategic asset, right? Yep. This is something that we need to share with our uh, customers, our clients, whatever, and the organization do this sharing in either good ways or bad ways. Let's just say FTP and say that that is a bad idea. But how do you stay accountable for the data that you've shared? How do you make sure that the data that you've shared actually is relevant or not stolen or whatever? This is where the Azure Data Share comes into play. It is actually a service that creates an API for you to share your data. So whenever I I take some kind of data that I want to share, I share it with some of you guys, you're going to get a link and you can go for a subscription. And then I control the refresh rate. I control who has access. I know exactly when it was accessed, all of that stuff. Without me having to do the old Let's store this in a CSV file in a storage account. Let's connect a web server to it. Let's invite people through Azure B2B, Yada yada. All that is abstracted away with this service. So this is going to make data into a much more palatable uh, asset that is easier to share, easier to take back, and easier to kind of lug around. What's your thoughts on this? So what, you're saying,
2: so what you're saying is this will actually um, <clears throat> is aimed at, you know, these Dropbox guys who share stuff that way or yes. OneDrive or whatever uh, kind of uh, traditional way of
0: doing things, I suppose. The whole thinking outside of the uh, box thing. Yeah. Because Dropbox, it's very, very powerful, but you as an admin don't have control over it when your users are are using Yeah, none Dropbox. whatsoever. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I'm thinking business model here. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Yeah. So would it be possible to track enough information on the access to this data share to be able to host data and then bill your customers accessing that data? Could sure. you, for example, see how many times it has been accessed, yeah, yeah. how much information has actually been transferred? Sure.
0: And that's that's... That's the whole thing. You can monetize uh, access to your data or access to whatever data you want to share. And this is between tenants. This is between organizations.
1: Yeah. So you grant access based on Azure AD, I guess. Or how do you yes. grant? A- yeah. That's a very, very interesting. And um, I just came to think about a customer that this would be very suitable for. Cool. Perhaps.
0: Check it out. Go for it. I'll cool. put uh, a link in the uh, show notes. Yep.
1: Again, data surprises me.
0: Yeah, I agree, actually. Welcome to my world, guys.
1: <laughs> you have been surprised enough.
0: Well, I'm, I'm actually both surprised and surprising in, in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> and the final thing that I'm going to say is that ADLS Gen 2, that is the Azure Data Lake Storage Gen 2, which, as opposed to the Generation 1, is not its own product. This is an extension of the Azure uh, storage account. It's actually just one checkbox that says enable hierarchical namespace. Hmm. That's the only difference between a storage account and a data lake. Uh, this has now uh, been generally uh, generally available for a bit, but we just got the connector to Power BI yep. available. Because earlier you cannot access it in a, in a simple way, but now you can access it like any other storage or, or data source, which is just amazing.
1: So, before we go into the future of sports, that is eSports, and uh, Tony has something to tell us about that, let's start with the big news. The big news. We'll get the second Swedish Azure Data Center in Staffanstorp. Yes. I saw something about that yeah. this week, I think. And today. today. Oh, today, yes. Okay. Or Pretty if cool. you had better information channels. <laughs> <laughs> so the S- Sweden South yep. will be in Staffanstorp in uh, Skåne, southern Sweden.
0: Which is right outside of Malmö.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Then again, it was not a long stretch that we should would see the, the southern uh, data center either in, in Göteborg yep. or in Malmö, because that's where you find the main internet trunks. Yeah. And uh, rumor has it that someone pushed the button slightly too quickly and the whole name uh, Sweden South should never have been released
1: no that's absolutely true yep. but uh, I have a picture confirming that mm-hmm. we we both saw it on yep. Twitter
2: we did yeah so this is actually the Sweden South thing that we were discussing um, yes many many episodes ago where we yep. were speculating uh, speculating and about and I, Gothenburg
1: and, f- and stuff uh, yeah yeah And it would be interesting to see how i know they are looking into like 500 different data points to show choose their prime location for a data center Uh, it would have been interesting to see why staffanstorp made a cut because I, i can get northern parts of sweden in terms of cooling and so on but the southern parts of sweden to me is a bit strange
0: i would assume and this is just a guess that it all comes down to cost Yep. for the um, the land, the land, electricity, and electricity yep. availability of uh, they have a, an old
1: nuclear plant in Barsebek.
0: Sure, but that does not mean that you can just, just magically turn it on and <laughs> use that for <laughs> 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 just connect it,
1: plug in just the cable. it off.
0: How <laughs> hard can it be? If <laughs> it Reboot. <if laughs> Famous last <laughs> words. If you think it is difficult to run nuclear power plants? There is an instructional. 5 or 6 part video on on HBO for doing <laughs> this.
1: <laughs> Just to be <clears throat> co- complete it's two very <laughs> different kinds of nuclear plants. Oh, it is. It is. It is indeed. <laughs> so, the one il- on HBO can't be used for Bashback.
0: No, cuz Sweden never built that kind of reactors. And we are happy.
1: Yes. Yep. Uh so I I I think this is a match made in heaven. Uh-oh. Windows Server gaming workstation Um, yeah so
0: I just saw that and went what the heck are you (laughs) did did you misspell or something
1: I've tried that so Uh, I'm really looking forward to what you have to say about this yeah
2: well that's the whole thing I also did a a little trial run on this uh, a while ago Uh, more specifically Windows Server 2012 R2 yeah Uh, so I tried to install the Windows Server OS as my main like a gaming computer Uh, just to see how far I could get it working yeah. <clears throat> uh, as like a primary workstation thing. Um, so I got pretty much everything working on that machine back then. Yeah. But you know, all the Wi-Fi stuff, audio stuff, uh, g- graphics
0: cards, yeah. all of those things were pretty straightforward to get working. Uh, stupid question. Is it the same drivers for, say, for instance, um, graphics card and stuff in the server SKU as it is in the... Yes. Oh, cool.
2: So they usually work just fine. Okay. Uh, there are, of course, some... How should I put this kindly? Dumb software that actually does like a OS check just to make sure that it is a Windows 8 Professional Edition and not a Windows Server OS. Oh. Even though the code is exactly the same, it should work exactly the same. But if the software does like some sort of check just to make sure it is a client OS, then it just won't install. Uh, usually you can also cheat your w- way around those kind of checks by, mm-hmm. you know, emulating that yeah. this is a older version of something or sure. other. So I got most of the things <coughs> working just fine on 2012, except for one little crucial thing, that was joysticks. They oh. would not work for the life of me back then. Hmm.
0: USB or the old? Yeah, USB was okay. the
2: case in here, yeah. Uh-huh so plugging in like an old. xbox controller or whatever it just didn't recognize it at all <laughs> um, just couldn't get it working there was uh, i think even the control panel was missing all the options for you know trying out joysticks or whatever calibration stuff so uh, those, those which, didn't it, which even in a way exist. makes sense yeah absolutely like, it
0: does but wait what you don't are you saying that you're not controlling your your main production servers with a joystick
1: i know that the bomb <laughs> squad in the u.s army uses xbox controllers for their robots so uh, and i'm pretty
0: sure that the bomb squad is surprisingly close here in shipping as well <laughs> for the third time in about as many weeks <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: so, so so that Xbox was, controller
0: yeah for example
2: yeah. or any other type of joystick uh, a- anything, I, I just any get input
1: unit that wasn't a keyboard or mouse uh, pretty much yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, I never got those things working and uh, earlier this week I just got to revisiting this idea that oh yeah I should by the way check this again in like 2016 server or 2019 server just to see if it's actually possible to get it working. Uh, So that was the thought earlier in the week that's why I put it in our notes here so we have something to discuss. However then I went off to Stockholm for a customer for a few days and then forgot all about it (laughs) and I haven't had a chance to actually (laughs) verify if it works today.
0: Before Simon cuts in here, because he's very, very prepared to do so, why? Is it just uh, as a a thought experiment or is it... Because you are expecting to get better or perhaps worse performance. Uh,
2: Well, I'm not expecting gaming performance necessarily to be better or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but uh, since this is more like a workstation scenario really, you know, rendering videos and stuff like that, I would like to have many, many, many more cores in my main working environment. Uh Uh, And also since I do some casual gaming sometimes, it would be nice to have that working on the same box.
0: Because so, you're running into the, uh, the uh, ceiling when it comes to cores for a
2: professional. Uh, no, I don't think Windows no. 10 does, does, even has any limits anymore, or right. Windows 8 or seven. No, even.
1: no, uh, um, it does, but not uh, enterprise. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Yep. Um,
2: but yeah tradi- traditionally there was actually yep. limits yep. I, I think re- they re- limited that. to use, but no it's yep. just that i have different different mes- different hardware in different places so that's pretty much all of it so trying to let's say um, consolidate might be all the right, correct word
1: well. and and like i've had the opposite challenge where i've tried to use a server os as my laptop os mm-hmm. for lab and demo purposes yeah I, I would like to have a server so I can get all the Hyper-V features in server on my lab machine. Sure. But I've always moved back to Windows 10 since I don't have the need for those more specialized Hyper-V features that probably Tony have more use for than I have. So I usually move back to Windows 10. But it could, could also be, and this is, an, I, I think that your Xbox controllers will work on 2016 or 2019 since the xbox controller weren't compatible with windows 7. ah okay so it could actually be that. but then again windows
2: 7 would be 2008 r2
1: uh you're right you're right but i don't i wonder if the xbox controller were compatible with eight as hmm. interesting I, th- I think it will work now hmm? it, it wouldn't surprise me well i'll hopefully be able to revisit this uh um, yeah,
0: time. yeah, because it, it's it's definitely interesting, an uh, interesting thing. And would you say that a server OS would be cleaner when it comes to modules and, and services and so on and so forth compared to a a standard Windows ten? Yeah, actually.
1: Yeah, it. it, it I, I would say in general. It would it yeah. thus
0: be possible to tune it ever so slightly simpler? Because you can just take out stuff that you're not using in a server OS that you could not just as easily do win in Windows okay. 10.
2: yeah absolutely absolutely um and that might actually be a good reason to try it out
0: yeah in very interesting thoughts this kind of segues into another interesting question i just got myself a surface go yeah okay to use as a presentation laptop
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i've always had the idea that I need the most powerful laptop like there is in order to do my job. Yep. But the more I work with Azure and cloud stuff, the less I find myself needing a serious punch on my, my laptop, the more I value battery life, a good screen.
2: Yeah, and uh, you, cu- you could also just, you know, run a VDI on your main machine that you can connect to with your Surface Go, sure. which I- yeah. in turn has all the power you need.
0: Yeah. So what's your take on on laptops or workstations these days? Are they becoming more powerful? Are you shifting the power into the data center, especially with, with everything Simon's been talking about, the uh, virtual desktop stuff?
1: I think, like, I, I have a HP Zeta book, a really powerful laptop a-
0: aka the brick
1: yeah and i found myself more and more leaving that at home and like tony said connecting to it yeah rather than um doing everything on that actual machine but again it, it depends on the reliability of the network where you are sure things like that and i think that's also revisits the discussion on live demos versus recorded demos mm. And um, I'm really not sure how to move forward since I need very few servers in, in the things I do moving forward. Mm. Like um, most things are cloud-based. I need a bunch of clients and that works on a rather light device.
0: You could have a stack of Raspberry Pis, <laughs>
1: pretty much. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, so um, I think it's, it's about trust for your remote connection Capabilities, yep. Uh, as well as offline use. Now, a book has like three hours of battery life. No, perhaps five. Uh, but I have occasionally actually. Unless used you turn it. it on. Yeah, but I have occasionally used minutes. it on an airplane doing labs, which doesn't require internet connection.
0: Right, but you did not connect it to the airplane's power supply, did you? Because I think they're <laughs> going to lose an engine in that case. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's what's happening in, in Config Manager and Intune and stuff, by the way? Do you, a, a, you have a list about the length of my arm.
1: Let's start.
0: You have five minutes. Go.
1: <laughs> Let's start with the most vital thing. Notepad. From inside build 18963, Notepad will be updated like a store app. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we're talking about updates to Notepad. Uh, yeah, but
0: I think that kind of paves the way for everything. Why should you bundle stuff yeah, in Windows? Just absolutely. put it in the store.
1: Look at look at Edge. So yeah. I think we'll see, as with Windows Server, lighter and lighter Windows where you add the apps you want and yes. then let them update.
0: And the whole packaging yeah. is all about the, the number of packages that you've added or not. Which in turn should be configurable using Intune or... or
1: yeah. Hey, I, I
0: said that. Yeah. I'm becoming a client guy.
1: Yeah. Welcome to the bright side.
0: <laughs> oh, the light, the light.
1: Yep. Yeah. We now have, speaking about apps, the new Chromium-based Edge is yes. now in beta.
0: Beta, as opposed to inside preview?
1: Yeah, as opposed to dev.
0: Oh, you know, I switched over. I had a bit of a mishap over the uh, vacation that my my um, main workstation decided to die. Yep. So I reinstalled it and I put everything into the new Edge. Yep.
1: Wow. Yep. So it's now in beta. If you want something a bit more reliable than the Dev One, but I've used the Dev One. It's it's. I've found one challenge sometimes with Teams running in the browser. Uh, that it just blacks out the entire browser when yeah. someone shares yeah. something. Yeah. It's it's not only Teams. No. But uh, but apart from that, it's working great.
2: But you could actually call that a security feature as
1: well. If Absolutely. it just blacks yeah. out everything. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> so since last we have had one current branch release and three technical preview releases of config manager. Wow. <laughs> so there are a bunch of new things Uh, i think what i like with config manager and the product group around config manager and intune is that they listen to their users in a grade which is hardly comparable to anything inside of microsoft or outside of microsoft and how willing they are to change small things that may not be a huge feature but will change the daily life of every config manager admin
0: i'm, I'm just going to toss in here and the power bi team is just like that yeah they, they listen and i think this is symptomatic for the new microsoft absolutely they listen
1: yeah so what we have received is a bunch of new features to edit and work with task sequences mm-hmm. so a task sequence is basically Um, an instruction sheet for a device where you install an operating system and a bunch of apps. Right. And previously, we haven't been able to, as an example, search inside of a task sequence. And task sequences can be hundreds of steps long. We haven't had the um, ability to copy and paste queries in task sequences. So every single time I've had to write a new query for a task sequence step i've had to write that from start because i haven't been able to copy that query oh that's between task sequences sounds pretty much painful yes yeah. um, so a lot of those things have been added small things but it will make a huge difference mm-hmm. we have also seen that desktop analytics have come out in public preview and desktop analytics is the evolution of um Windows Analytics, which is all about using your telemetry data from your Windows devices to drive both your migration to Windows 10, but also your continuous management and updates to Windows 10. And the really big difference between Windows Analytics and desktop analytics is the machine learning part, where you now can say, I want to deploy this group of devices with this version of Windows 10. Which of these should be in my pilot group So that I can have as few devices as possible, but cover all of the applications, all of the hardwares, all of the different configurations to it. And you can then actually ask desktop analytics to deploy and to pilot. And you will have the least amount of devices needed to do a successful pilot for a specific group of devices, which could be your entire organization. So, so So that's Great. And especially in combination with, you remember that we have spoken about phased deployments previously? Yes. That you have gates, which basically deploys automatically if you reach a success rate of Mm -hmm. a certain number. You can now create templates for those deployments. So if you want to keep on using the same phased deployment template, you can now duplicate that since nineteen.
0: And you can, again, copy and paste this template definition as well.
1: Yes. Cool. And (laughs) another thing. Have any one of you ever deployed a Hyper-V VM or installed a Hyper-V VM or any VM and realized halfway that this is running fairly slow because you have forgotten to add a couple of CPU cores or something like that? I couldn't possibly comment. No. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now um a challenge we have had is that when we deploy a machine we want it usually it's connected to some kind of electricity source sure yeah and when we do a deployment with a task sequence r- usually it will run on the default power settings
0: Huh. balanced
1: balanced and therefore the deployment takes more time mm-hmm. so now on a task sequence you can actually. Just click a box, say, use high performance. And it will enable high performance deployment.
0: Again, a teeny tiny change that's going to impact a lot. And
1: and some changes or tests have been done to it. And you can see an increased performance, absolutely. Not by huge, but definitely an an uh, increase in performance. Uh But I've also seen reports of some hardwares actually failing to do that. Really? And blue screening. Any idea why? No. No. Uh, I haven't been able to look into it more than that. Uh, we also have Windows Virtual Desktop support uh, from Config Manager now. So you can manage Windows Virtual Desktop using Config Manager, something I will be talking about at a huge Microsoft conference moving forward. And we have something that have been long awaited. There's something called Cloud Management Gateway in um, Config Manager, which enables you to manage internet-based clients in a very efficient way. And now remote control works using CMG in technical preview. So you can remote control internet-based clients. Cool. Uh, For Intune, a lot of new things since we have a new Mac OS out. Uh, But three things I would like to point out is that we now can send push notifications to iOS and Android devices from Intune in the company portal app. So you can okay. actually pop up messages to users using Intune, which is really neat. Which can both tell them to update an app or just inform them that yeah, this building has been closed or Sweden lost in ice hockey. So, uh, <laughs> congrats! You know Finland. the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's really neat. Something that many have been looking for. And I know that Martin Bengtson, one of um, The other Enterprise Mobility MVPs from Denmark have a great number of blog posts on how to send similar notifications to Windows 10 devices. Oh, cool. That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, I want to emphasize that it's time to update from Apple Device Enrollment Program, DEP and Volume Purchase Program to Apple Business Manager or Apple School Manager. You must do that before December 1st uh, or else it will be kind of hard for you. The update is really, really simple. So just ensure to log into your DEP or VPP portal and you will be asked to update to Apple Business or School Manager, depending on your organization.
0: But is this like the other Apple stuff that if you if you forget your, I can't remember, what it, your, your yeah, device yeah. key, yeah. you're screwed. Yep. And it's the same thing here. If you yep. don't upgrade, you're screwed. If
1: yep. you're okay. not screwed, you will lose some functionality, yes. Okay, but you don't but,
0: need to, to redo
1: the whole no, thing. All no. right, We have spoken about supervising iOS devices. That's core feature if you want to manage them fully any device that your organization owns should be supervised to allow you to manage as many settings as possible or the most advanced settings and in the newest releases of iOS more settings have moved from being available in a non-supervised environment to a supervised environment so you're actually losing settings now if you haven't supervised your iOS devices and uh, we can discuss that and how to do that in a later episode Sure. And the last thing is that we now have something called applicability rules for Windows 10 in Intune. So if you deploy an application or a, a patch to an Azure AD group, you can, in the assignment of that, add additional filters. So deploy to this group, but only deploy to the uh, or uh, devices that run Windows 10 Enterprise, as an example.
0: Ooh, that yeah. even even I understand. That's a huge thing.
1: Yeah cool so and that's just a teeny tiny bit of everything that's new so we have a very very exciting yeah autumn and winter ahead of us as
0: as we always do because again you are not bored if you're working with IT no and especially we, not with this
1: uh, no and we have so many other fun things to look forward to in the coming months
0: i'm going to be speaking next week but i'm going to cover that on the next episode yep and ah what the heck On that bombshell, (laughs) I think it's time to end (laughs) this show because we're already over time. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.